to the College Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. I'm Holly Powell. I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan-Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. This podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life, as seen through the lens of the Collects in the Book of Common Prayer. And this week, we're going to be talking about the Collect for Proper 12. This is a pretty good Collect. Yeah, it is. It's been forever since we've done a recording, Brendan. I know. I know. It's been like, I don't know, like a month or I don't know. I know. know. It really has. It seems like forever. I missed you. I missed you too, Holly. (laughs) Anything exciting happened in your life in the last month? I got done with the Bishop Search. Do you want to direct all the peeps to, to the beautiful website? Yeah, it's uh, HoosierBishopXI.org, uh, and that lists our full slate. Uh, the petition process deadline hasn't finished yet, so I suppose it's still possible that you know somebody else could petition their way into the process, but we'll close the door on that here pretty soon, too. So um, anyway, I'm excited. It's a, uh, it's a really solid slate, but it was an exhausting process, I think, for everybody involved, and I'm really glad it's done. Gosh, I know you just worked so hard on that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I banged my head against the wall on web design, for sure. <laughs> I wish I knew how to do more of that. Maybe we could get Squarespace to sponsor us like every other podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We did, we did not build that site on Squarespace, by the way. Oh, but I okay. wish I had. Squarespace. Yeah. Build it beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now that we've finished with our corporate shilling. Yeah, I'm sure that checks in the mail. Oh, totally. (laughs) (laughs) I also use MailChimp. Wink, wink. (laughs) Anywho, this is the Collect for Proper 12, which you can find on page 231 of the Book of Common Prayer. Oh God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy. Increase and multiply upon us your mercy, that with you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. It's pretty solid. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm actually really curious to go back and listen to our episode from two years ago to see what we said about this. (laughs) Oh, you have a much more curious mind than I do. I probably would rather not know what we said. (laughs) Well, no, it's just I'm looking at this and I'm like, holy crap, there's a lot happening in this college. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And pretty early on in our podcast life, we took this one on. So I was doing a little bit of of research on this, and I've referred to this book a couple times before, but it's a book called The Collects of Thomas Cranmer by Mm -hmm. C. Frederick Barbie and Paul Zoll, Mm -hmm. uh, which was published on the 450th anniversary of the first Book of Common Prayer. Cool. And it notes that this is uh, this collect is actually one of Cranmer's greatest hits, and that lots of people memorize it because they like it a lot. Hmm. So they assert. They don't really back it up with data, though. Yeah, I don't know how they would, how many people have memorized this prayer over time. Yeah, I don't know. It is a Cranmer 
hit for sure, but for, according to our patron saint, Marion Hatchet, it's not a Cranmer original as um, it came from the Gregorian Sacramentary. But it's kind of like, you know, so this week in the lectionary in Luke, we're going to get the part where Jesus teaches us the Lord's Prayer. And mm. so it's so interesting to see how how simply that is phrased as Jesus puts it. So here it is in NRSV. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. Hmm. So there's the JC original, and then, you know, the King James Bible kind of punches it up a little bit. And so I think that's what Cranmer is doing here with the Gregorian Sacramentary. Hatchet actually has some pretty interesting notes. At least I thought they were interesting, and therefore you will have to hear them. Um, about the changes that that Cranmer made and why. The the first one that I think is interesting is that um, the Gregorian Sacramentary said, the protector of all who hope in you. Hmm. And Cranmer changed that to trust, and Hatchet notes that that was keeping with the Reformation emphasis on faith. He also removes the uh, original prayer had the phrase with you as our ruler and guide we may so pass through things temporal that we lose not the things eternal the original had things temporal and good the collect of thomas cranmer references that phrase not the first one you mentioned Uh apparently the latin reads bona temporalia or you know however you pronounce latin whatever um, which they suggest literally translates the good things of time, hmm. whereas obviously Cranmer is stripping out the the good part and just taking sort of the, the good and bad of life both. Yeah, Hatchet again notes he omitted the qualifying adjective good so that the prayer applies equally to times of adversity and times of prosperity. Hmm. One of the things that is potentially uncomfortable about this prayer is the phrase that comes immediately after that, things temporal, that Uh we lose not the things eternal. So there are, you know, multiple possible reads on that. I think the easiest one to go to is that, you know, if you don't live your life the right way, then no heaven for you, you're going to hell. Right. And, you know, I I suppose that's a possible read and very likely an intended read uh, of the prayer. However, again, I I thought actually the Collects of Thomas Cranmer was really great on this prayer. Um, Their analysis of a lot of the Collects is not very good, but they did a nice job with this one. They did propose an alternate way of looking at this thinking about how fragile our hold is on the eternal things of God in our daily life, the things like love, like charity, like trust. The the analogy that they drew was a marriage that, that ends, and if it ends badly, that it colors everything that came before it, as if nothing good ever happened. Mm-hmm. And so what they're talking about a bit is trying to live your life in such a way that you hold on to those good things, even if it passes away uh, without being embittered. Another point that Hatchet makes that I found fascinating is that in the traditional language version of this collect, which is on page 180, there's a word that's different 
it says that we finally lose not the things eternal. Hmm. Um, that word was taken out of the contemporary language one that I read earlier. But I think that it's exactly what you just said, that that leaving the word finally in kind of draws the emphasis to the afterlife. Whereas this kind of could be read in a couple of different ways. And, and I think the reading that you just mentioned of not losing sight of what's important when passing through things that are going to pass could also be a read of the contemporary language version. And, you know, the, the authors here, they, they do talk about the, this prayer as having, you know, a pretty strong relationship to mortality uh, with the idea that at the end of your life, you know, you want to be able to, to look back on it and having grasped the love and trust and all that that stays with you at the end. And I can't help, you know, the image that is coming to me as I think about that is Moses at the mountaintop, knowing that he's not going to go on to be a living part of the future of Israel, but being at peace, leaving, because he knows that he's followed God in his life and and now on to the next thing, I guess. I don't know. That was mm-hmm. inelegantly stated. I-, I got it, though. It's okay that it was inelegant. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we also have this language, which I-, I feel like I've been harping on a lot this year. Maybe it's, you know how every time you read um, a-, a passage in the Bible, something different comes to you, mm-hmm. or at least for me, the this very first little clause, God is the protector of all who trust in you. Again, that is a little bit questionable theology to me. Yeah. But I'm going to give it a pass because I'm feeling generous. And also, I feel like we will lose even more listeners if I continue to harp on the same point over and over again. <laughs> no, I'm totally I'm totally with you on this, though. This is some of the most troubling of the assertions that, that show up repeatedly in these collects. Mm-hmm. The empirical evidence is to the contrary on this mm-hmm. uh, if you read it literally. So I, I yeah. think we have to assume it means something a little different. Mm-hmm. But I'm all for praying for God to um, not only increase our mercy, but multiply our mercy. I'm yeah, down with got, that. We got some math in this prayer. I know. And you know I'm a CPA, and I right. love me some math. Now, I wonder if there's an Excel formula for the multiplication of mercies. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I do, too. I do, too. Maybe some conditional formatting so you can see it when it happens. Yeah, yeah. So you get, like, pale blue for the, I don't know. <laughs> no, I was with you. I was 100% with you. I liked it. And yeah, cool story, did- Brendan. <laughs> No, I'm down for Excel stories any time of day. Uh, you know, I created this monster spreadsheet on Tuesday, by the way. I was oh, yeah? super proud of it. Oh, it sounds I, delightful. Yeah, I, I got all the way over to column BZ. Whew, stop this man, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might be done with this collect. <laughs> I think we might. We should be done, even if we aren't. And that's okay. Yeah. Solid. I'm going to give it an A. I'm going to give it an A. It's very, very good. Yeah. So, and lots of people memorize it. Lots of people, like every person has memorized this <laughs> So, Holly, do you have anything to acknowledge and bewail this week? Brendan, I do. I do have something that I'd like to acknowledge and also bewail. It's a twofer. 
All right. At my office, I don't know if this is prevalent in your office or in, in other people's offices, but my office, um, people are all about being healthy, which is a real bummer. Because, <laughs> uh, like, nobody wants to bring in donuts or whatever because, like, eh, it's healthy. But the good part of that is that they know that I love those things. And so if somebody does bring them in, they just put them in my office. <laughs> this is fantastic. But anyway... One of the ways in which people are being healthy is they're all getting these standing desks. Mm. There was another round of standing desks being ordered recently, and our tech guy who was ordering them came and said, hey, I'm placing an order. Do you want one? And I was like, do you know how hard I work every day to not have to stand up? <laughs> I have no interest in like paying money for somebody to tell me to stand up. Um, I schedule my day around picking up my print jobs on the way back from the bathroom in a coffee run <laughs> so that I don't have to stand up more than a few times a day. So I made the joke to him that I was only interested if he could find me a desk that was a lying down desk. And so today he sent me a link. There is such a thing as a <laughs> lying down desk. It kind of looks like a um, like a dentist chair. I'm gonna okay. put a, a link in our show notes so that others can see this. It's it holds your uh, your computer and everything up above you via magnets, so that you are actually. I mean, you're not a hundred percent flat, but you're like seventy five percent pretty reclined there. So I, I'm basically obsessed with this now. I'd like to acknowledge its existence, and I'd like to bewail the fact that it costs $6,000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So we have a shared treadmill desk at my office. We've got about 130 people in the mm -hmm. office where I work. That desk is in uh, one of the break rooms. And so I was using it for a while, mm -hmm. but and I liked it, except like because it's in the break room, when I was on it, everybody would come and talk to me. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to you right now. I'm on column BZ in my spreadsheet. Right. And, and I'm also walking. Have you noticed? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm not I'm not using it. And that's my excuse. And I'm sticking to it. I, I dig it 100%. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And another part about the lying desk is that it also does allow you to um to stand you just adjust the kind of dentist chair to where you, you're upright okay so so it's it's dual purpose guys and therefore <laughs> i'm gonna start like a gofundme to bobby on one of these <laughs> <laughs> what about you any acknowledgements or bewailings this week yes i want to acknowledge the new ghostbusters movie Ooh. um it is not necessarily the best movie ever, but I had such a good time. I loved it. And anyway, I just, I really liked it a lot. Like, if you liked the original Ghostbusters, you're, you're probably going to like this Ghostbusters. But I want to bewail the people who I guess liked the original Ghostbusters, who are horrible racists being awful uh. to Leslie Jones on Twitter. Uh, you guys, you can't be doing that. That's terrible. Yeah, just stop. Anyway. Just stop being awful. God, I, you know, I think one of the ways that, I don't know, what am I, uh, I'm going to sermonize or whatever. But, cool. you know, I think one thing we can do as Christians on social media is recognize that the people on the other end of the series of tubes are people. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, whatever. 
It just makes me mad. It makes me mad, too. And you know what else makes me mad, Brendan? Is that when I get really fired up about those people that are awful to other people on the interwebs, then I have to remind myself that they, too, are just people. Yeah. And that's annoying because I really want to be able to villainize them in my head. Right, right. But Jesus tells us to love the trolls. He does. I mean, it's like Matthew seven twelve, right? Yeah. Or maybe it's Matthew four oh four. Get it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hashtag internet jokes. Come for the prayer discussions. Stay for the stupid jokes. People. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you're listening, uh, Leslie Jones, and I'm certain you are. We love you, and we, we would do. like to have you as a guest on the show. Yes, please come on. And if you can bring Christian Siriano, that would be amazing, too, since I know you guys are BFF now. Oh, whoever, Leslie, we're open. Yeah, we're very hospitable. <laughs> we are, just like Jesus. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you would like to tweet us only nice things, we will not accept mean tweets. You can find us on Twitter at the Collect Call. Or you can email us if you're not into Twitter or it's more than 140 characters. You can email us at thecollectcall at acts8movement.org. Our parent organization is the Acts 8 Movement, which you can find on the web at acts8movement.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Acts 8 Movement. And our theme music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, distributed under a Creative Commons license. And you can find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And join us next week when we will be talking about Proper 13. See you then. Let all mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly-minded For with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth Send our full homage to